This week, we're talking about investing in inspiration, and you're listening to the Landscape Photography Podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about investing in your inspiration. But before we jump into this week's episode, I want to let you know that I have just launched my Icelandic winter adventure for 2018. This year, I am so excited to team up with Thor Photography. He's a native Icelandic photographer. He's an amazing photographer. He's an amazing workshop instructor. He teaches so many workshops. Uh, He's teamed up with people like Thomas Heaton and Sean Parker. He has all of the local knowledge, and he's going to bring a ton of value to this particular workshop. This is going to be an epic nine-day, eight-night workshop where we're going to be photographing ice caves and waterfalls, of course, the Iceberg Lagoon and Kirkufell Foss, and hopefully, if we get lucky, we're going to be photographing the Northern Lights and the Aurora Borealis as well. So if you're interested in learning more about this workshop, you can go over to my website, nickpagephotography.com, and there'll be information in the workshops tab there. Okay, with that, let's sit back and relax and talk a little bit about investing in your own inspiration. This week I wanted to talk a little bit about investing in your inspiration. And the reason I wanted to talk about that is because photographers have this constant barrage of sales and deals and new equipment that are constantly shoved down our throat. And we are very susceptible to it because we are in such a tech oriented field. The newest camera can give you better results than the camera you currently have. And we find ourselves lusting over that new gear. So this week I wanted to talk a little bit about being smart about what it is that you invest in. So one of the rules of thumb that I always try, and I and I emphasize try because I, sometimes I fail, one of the rules of thumbs that I try to live by when I'm going to be purchasing new gear is, is anybody but me going to be able to tell the difference? For example, if I'm looking at a new camera body, say the D850 or the A7R3 that just came out, If I spend the $3,000 on that particular camera body, is anybody but me going to notice a difference? And honestly, most times the viewers of our photos are not going to notice a difference. The only person that's going to be able to tell is the person that's pixel peeping or looking through their Lightroom catalog at one-to-one previews. Those are going to be the people that notice the difference, but the average viewer of our photos is not going to be able to tell the difference. And then you have to ask yourself, is that, is that really worth it? Is that particular investment really going to pay off in the long run. Now, obviously, if you're coming from a very cheap, you know, low end to entry level camera body, the image quality that you're going to experience is huge. And in that case, you would definitely be able to tell. But let's say that you are the current owner of A7R Mark II and you shoot landscapes. Is anybody but you going to notice a difference when you upgrade to that Mark III? Probably not. So one of the things that I try to at least exercise a little bit is, is anybody going to notice this other than me? For example, if you are purchasing a lens that is a brand new focal length to you, you don't even have that focal length. 
people are going to be able to tell because you're making photos at a completely different focal length that nobody's ever seen from you. And it's unlocking a part of photography that was currently unavailable to you. Now where this analogy kind of breaks down are things like tripods. Obviously, when you buy a new tripod, the viewer of your photo probably is not going to notice the difference like, oh, they must have upgraded their tripod because look at how sharp this photo is. Typically, that's not the case, but it's still a worthy investment because the tripod and the ball head are, as a landscape photographer, the thing that you interact with the most. The more fun and more enjoyable that you can make photography for yourself, the more inspired and the more you know creative you're going to be because you're not fighting your gear. So that's kind of where that analogy breaks down. So when it comes to gear, I'm always kind of asking myself, is someone other than me or is somebody looking at my photos going to be able to tell the difference? And that's kind of the barometer of whether that is a worthy investment or just one of those things that I'm lusting after, but I don't really need. New focal lengths, vastly improved ISO performance, things like that do make a huge difference in the quality of your images. And for that reason, people will notice. But if it's a very minor upgrade, you know, there comes a point where, you know, that upgrade is not worth the amount of investment that you're putting into it. So a lot of times I tell people that are asking me, like, should I upgrade to this or should I upgrade to that? A lot of times what is going to help you the most is to invest in your inspiration. And what I mean by that is to either purchase a piece of gear that is going to unlock a piece of photography for you or to rather than put that money into gear, put that money into knowledge and education, you know, go on a workshop, go experience a new place, put your, put yourself in a position where you can take beautiful photos rather than just upgrade your gear and shoot the same old things that you always shoot. That's a great use of money, especially if, you know, you're in a situation where you don't often get to spend an entire week doing photography. Workshops can be so, so fruitful and beneficial because not only are you increasing your knowledge and you're spending a lot of time trying to improve and, you know, dedicated practice time, which a lot of us just, you know, don't have the time for, but you're also being put in front of a place where you're going to make beautiful images. And a lot of us in our everyday life, you know, we end up shooting the same old things over and over and over, unless you're somebody that's lucky enough to get to travel a lot. So investing in a workshop oftentimes is going to be far more fruitful than investing in that piece of gear that, you know, some people might notice the difference. Other people probably won't. If you go to say Patagonia with an amazing photography instructor, you're going to come home with photos and people will notice that. So investing in yourself and workshops and education is always a great way of investing money. Connected to that is investing in your own knowledge about post-processing and investing in tutorials. This is where I have invested lots and lots of money. I'm, I am absolutely addicted to watching tutorials and just learning and trying to get better. I have probably spent more on tutorials than I have on camera bodies. Uh, just because I've pretty much bought all the tutorials out there. I've subscribed to places like lynda.com and Kelby One, and I've learned a lot there. And then when I felt like I outgrew a lot of that knowledge, then I started going to some of my favorite photographers and buying their tutorials. 
So obviously I sell my own videos, but in in this particular episode, I want to kind of talk about some of my favorite other photographers that teach teach Photoshop and teach workflow videos and kind of talk about some of the other tutorials that are available out there other than me. So as far as free stuff on YouTube, there's several people that I really love their videos. Uh, first of all, Greg Benz has a lot of great stuff. Uh, he is the creator of Lumenzia and a lot of his videos are kind of demonstrating how to best use Lumenzia. But even if you're not a Lumenzia user, he has a lot of really advanced, uh, great videos on, you know, just Photoshop and, and using luminosity masks and, and some of the more advanced stuff, which is really difficult to find on YouTube. So Greg Benz has uh, fantastic material. Same is true with Jimmy McIntyre. I've always been a huge Jimmy McIntyre fan, uh, partially because of, because of his amazing voice. I love his accent, uh, but he's got such great videos on you know workflow and and stuff like that. Again, he is the creator of Raya Pro, so his videos are you know kind of demonstrating how to best use Raya Pro. But in the process, you're learning how to use it without Raya Pro as well. So Jimmy's channel is excellent for that. Another guy that kind of flies under the radar, and he is who I actually initially learned luminosity mass from is Steve Arnold. He runs Photoshop mastery. I'll put links to all these guys in the show notes and you can find their stuff up here in the corner. Uh, Steve Arnold does a really good job of showing you how to use luminosity masks without a creation tool, but he also gets really deep into, you know, Photoshop and using layers and he has some excellent videos as well. So as far as some of the premium content out there, again, uh, Jimmy McIntyre has some excellent videos. Uh, his art of photography course is excellent. You should check that out. Um, it's one of those that kind of starts out in the field and then goes all the way through post-processing. I love those kinds of videos. There's not a lot of people doing those. Uh, his videos are really well done. He really has a great way of explaining things and making it easy to understand. And his photography is amazing. So Jimmy McIntyre's videos are excellent. Another guy that I've had on the show because I'm a huge fan of his photography and his videos is Ryan Dyer. Ryan Dyer has some of the most surreal, dramatic, colorful, impactful photography that's out there. And in his tutorial videos, which I think I've purchased them all now, uh, he does, you know, he shows you how to do it all. He doesn't hold anything back. He shows you all of his tricks and he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. So Ryan Dyer's videos are well worth the money and you learn a whole lot of really creative uh, ways of editing. His videos are not for the purists among us. <laughs> In fact, uh, some of his videos would probably uh, give purists aneurysms, but <laughs> but his, his work is fantastic and he has a really creative artistic approach to post-processing. Another guy that I really like his approach to post-processing is Alex Noriega. Alex Noriega has, I think he's got three videos out now. Maybe it's two or three videos. And they're all excellent. He is very thorough. He's very in-depth. And he does, what I like about Alex is he kind of does everything the right way. There's the quick and dirty way. And then there's the way that Alex does it where he uses a lot of smart objects. And he does things the proper way. And you can learn, you know, good habits and good techniques through using Alex's workflows. Uh, his videos are excellent and they're worth the money. Another one of my biggest inspirations in photography is Enrico Fassati. Not just because I love his name, but uh, his photography is amazing. He's got a few post-processing videos as well. Uh, his English is a little bit 
you know, English is his second language. Uh, he's a native Italian. So, he, you know, he's the English is a little bit broken, a little bit hard to follow. But the stuff you learn in his videos is worth worth the wait, worth the patience. Again, he has a very surreal, dramatic, uh, dark post processing style. And I think he does things kind of differently than a lot of other people. So his videos are excellent as well. Also, one other that I want to mention is Daniel Corridan. He is a Danish photographer. I think he's a Danish photographer. He's he's a Scandinavian photographer, and he's got a course that he just released. And this is in the pricier range. But again, it's one of those start to finish where he does a lot of in the field teaching. Uh, and then you go all the way through post-processing. He's got a lot of videos that are kind of about, um, the business of landscape photography, which is very different from a lot. Excellent videos, and I find them pretty educational. And then, of course, you can't leave Sean Bagshaw out of these videos. Sean Bagshaw has the most in-depth videos about luminosity masking. I have my own videos about luminosity masking where I kind of show the quick and dirty and the way I do stuff. But Sean Bagstar's videos are very, very thorough, very complex. And he shows you absolutely every conceivable way to use luminosity mask. He's affiliated with Tony Kuiper, the creator of TK Actions. So all of his videos are kind of showing TK Actions. If you're a TK Actions user, you really need Sean Bagshaw's videos. They are absolutely excellent. And he has taught all of the top guys pretty much what they know about luminosity masking. His videos are excellent. And then lastly, I want to just leave you guys with people that inspire me as far as like with their photography or maybe it's their YouTube content but just inspirational people to follow. Uh, these are people that, you know, photography is not all about what you know or like what tutorials you know. It's more about just like being inspired to go out and create art. Sometimes we forget that this is an art form. We're supposed to like come from a creative place and not not treat this like some kind of science that you can perfect. It is not a science. It's not a sport. It's an art form. Uh, some of the people that I follow that you know, inspire me in one way or another. First of all, Thomas Heaton. Thomas Heaton is one of my favorite YouTubers. He probably is my favorite YouTuber uh, just because his approach to photography is so Zen and he takes you behind the scenes and he's not doing the, the same typical thing that a lot of people like me, <laughs> I wrap myself up in that. He's not the, the typical photographer that goes to icons and photographs the icons. He's somebody that's always looking for that shot that hasn't been shot to death. And I love that about Thomas. His videos are really well done. I've been a huge Thomas Heaton fan forever. So got to make sure that you follow Thomas Heaton. Another photographer that I follow because I absolutely love her work is Aaron Bobnick. Aaron Bobnick is just one of the best photographers I think that there is right now. She, her work in the Dolomites is fantastic. She has a very tasteful way of post-processing. You know, her images just are so unique and so different. And she's really good about coming away with shots that you haven't seen before. And she doesn't post tons of shots. She's more of a quality over quantity type person, but I'm absolutely in love with her photography. It is always just so spot on and so dialed in uh, a really tasteful post-processing. I love Aaron's work. Another really tasteful post-processor and somebody that kind of flies under the radar, I think, is David Thompson. David's work, again, is a little bit more like 
not the big obvious shot. He's really good about finding unique compositions. Even when he does go to places that are shot a lot, like Iceland, he tends to come away with images that people don't always shoot. And I love that about David's work. I also love his tasteful post-processing that he does. No list of inspirational photographers would be complete without Mark Adamus. Mark Adamus is kind of the godfather of the really dramatic epic photo. So many photographers nowadays are heavily inspired by Mark Adamus's work. His work is just always epic and dramatic. He's definitely worth following. His work is always, always inspirational. And then one other guy that I want to include in this list, I know I'm forgetting more than I'm remembering, but Michael Shane Bloom is somebody that has to go into this list. Michael Shane Bloom is probably my favorite night photographer, uh, but all of his photography is amazing. His night photography is some of the most inspirational night photography you'll ever find. Uh, I just love it the way he processes. I love his night photography. And he's again, he's really, really good at coming away with unique compositions that haven't been done to death. I mean, even the solar eclipse shot that he got this year is so unique, so amazing. It just kind of makes me, you know, want to like quietly walk away and quit because when I shot the solar eclipse, I thought I had done pretty well for myself until I saw Michael's shot and I'm like, oh, figures. Thanks, Michael. Uh, But his work is amazing, as is his time lapse. And he has a YouTube channel as well that you should go check out along with some paid Uh, photography tutorials. This is just kind of a shout out to all the people that have inspired me and hopefully some of these people on this list will inspire you guys as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Remember that you can subscribe to this show in your favorite podcatcher. Join the Facebook group. You can always find the show notes over at landscapephotographypodcast.com and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you guys so much. Bye-bye.